to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit Podcast. What smells so bad? It's strong, but you'll get used to it. Now here's your hosts, Nick Stevenson yeah, and buddy. Chris Clark. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Whatever time of day it is, wherever you may be listening in the world, welcome to episode 34 of the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. As always, my name's Nick Stevenson, and I am your gracious and humble host. Uh, as you can see, Christopher Clark is not here. He is in the latter stages of his quarantine. Chris, get back soon. We love you. We miss you. In the meantime, I brought somebody on who is much more pleasurable to look at. <laughs> uh, it is my beautiful wife, Whitney Stevenson. How are you doing, dear? I'm good, thank you. I like your t-shirt. It's very thank stylish. You, you want to show the people the back? Yeah, let's see. Okay. Are they getting it? Uh, uh, I think so. Tell them what the back says. Why don't you read it for me? You don't remember what it says? No, I know it what it says, says. I just like when you say it. Nick's number one fan. Not that part. What? The slogan. It says, Nick's number one fan. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> All righty. I'm glad that you decided to join me today because obviously there's been a lot of uh let's see it's hard to plan things in life sometimes when the universe just has its own plans for you you i've told you a, a thousand times i'm trying to stay hype about the show but i'm really just trying to get to the finish line so we can hit that reset button so um me and you talked about doing a show this is the first time you've been here since episode six all in the family this is 34 i haven't been invited back that's not even really true, though. <laughs> that is really true. It, the studio was literally in your house. I know. Like, you could come in here whenever you want to. As a matter of fact, I used to lock the door and you told me to stop that shit. I know. That pissed me off. I'm going to lock the door. All I have to say is that that dog wouldn't have got in here if the door was closed I, and locked. Okay. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Thanks for inviting okay, me. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, I'm glad that you're here. Tell me, first of all, before we get started on this particular episode... Give me, like, grade yourself on episode six. How do you, how did you feel that episode went? Mm -hmm. How often have you listened to it since? I think I listened it? to it. I think I listened to it twice. Uh huh. But it has been a long time. It's been yeah. a long time. I've um, listened to it multiple times. You get mad all over again when you listen to it? I don't really get mad. I just think about stuff I should have said, like, ooh, should have said that. That'd have been good. N yeah, I don't get mad again. It's like, um, were you mad? I was never mad. No, mad's not the right word. It's like, I get, um, I want to prove my point all over again. Yeah. You and Haley didn't do a great job either. If you listen back, I, there's some, uh, that's contradictory, there's that's, some contradictory statements That's there. subjective. I got but, a lot of text messages af afterward that's like, Team I, Whitney. And okay, like, so. You made more sense than Nick. And like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the one part that like threw me for a loop. So <laughs> in that episode, and if anybody goes back and listen, we had myself, Chris, Whitney, and her sister, Chris's wife, Haley, were on the show. And uh, we talked about the last thing we argued about. And what was it? Me and oh, you. Oh, yeah. I remember the couch. I remember we were on the couch. Complaining about the kids and the dinner table. I remember. Right. But that wasn't part of the show. But yeah. Anyway, we were talking about our last arguments, and ours was much more exciting than Chris and Haley's was. But I remember one of the things I was talking to you about was that we had gotten into a over you like correcting me in front of the kids or like right. cutting my legs from under me. And Haley came to your defense with the justification of, well, I do that to Chris all the time. Listen, <laughs> like, I don't oh, know if you know this about us in or that not, case, but like our justification case, for all of life is that both of us do it. So it's right. <laughs> okay. I was like, Oh, well in that case anyway. So yeah, actually that's probably one of the shows I get an emotional reaction from it, but I'm not mad. I just think about it. Cool stuff that I should have said. But uh, so you give your, if you graded yourself on a scale of one to 10, what would you give yourself in your first podcast experience? I mean, I feel like we did a pretty good job. Uh, a seven? A, you give yourself a seven or like the group a seven? The like show, the episode. like the episode of seven. Oh, that's like one of the more listened to episodes that there are. So you think it gets a 10? I, I think all our shows get a 10, except for episode 10. That one sucked. But was that the political one? Yeah, we talked about like that impeachment. Was bad. Yeah, that was bad. 
It was good at the end, though. I couldn't even if people hung around thing. that long. No, nobody hung around that long. Couldn't even listen to the whole thing. I tried to fast forward multiple times to like get to the good, and there was just... It just okay. Okay, anyway. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes we, we, we left our lane, listen. and we learned. Like, you got to stay in your lane. That's true. So, that's okay. good. But here we are at episode 34. That's kind of weird to say. Um, I remember. That's how old I am, right? Yes. No, you're not 34. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Just, because it's like, that's See, my episode. This is why you don't come on this way. You like threw me completely off. <laughs> you don't even know how you old threw me, I am. You threw, I don't even know how old I am half the time. I stopped counting at like, I don't know, 30. Once it was 30, it was all downhill from there. Anyway, Gosh. you've been a, a part of this journey, even when you're not on the show. Like, you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, me doing this probably gets on your nerves sometimes. But I hope that you're proud of me, proud of Chris, and like proud of us sticking with it. Absolutely. Like 34 episodes, that's a big deal to me. That's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. It's going to be a year next um, November 24th. It'll be a year. It's like It seems like um, a long time, but a short time at the same time. Yes, it does. If that it really does. Sense. I, I, and the, the show, what's weird about it is the show is kind of going to document how 2020 has gone. I don't know if I had to have a theme for this particular season, it's just like expect the unexpected. There's no really a plan. Like this was the, the season of freestyle and just figure it out. Okay. Which I used to not be that great at. I feel like I've gotten better. And I feel like you helped me in a lot of ways of uh, just learning to be flexible and go with the flow. When I met you, I was a very, when I didn't like when stuff didn't go the way I planned it to go. When That's interesting you. that you think that I'm flexible and go with the flow. That's okay. not what I think about okay, you. Okay, because I don't think that at all. That's <laughs> not what I think about you. And I and I can do this too. Sometimes you are good at giving advice because you know the right thing to do. That doesn't mean necessarily you always do it. Okay. And I'm the same way. Right. Like I know what to do in a lot of situations, but I don't always do it. Because there were situations when going on in our lives when we first got together that I was really calm and collected about. And then there was other things that I was not. So I don't know. It's just one of those things that I know that when I was at my worst, you would be the person to come and say, hey, like, let's pull this together. We can do this. Even though I don't know if that's how you were actually feeling, but you just knew like this is what I should say to him. Well, that's what you needed. Right. Exactly. And that's what relationships are about. I'm not saying that you were faking it, but you knew what was needed in that moment. And then um, a lot of stuff we just figured out together. So this particular episode I thought maybe just hear your assessment on what our time together has been like. So we've been together since 2015 and we've been married for three years. It'll be four years next May. And it's been going really well. And I feel like we are not one of those Facebook fake couples. People probably thought we were when we first got together because I used to dote on you a lot. I know what happened over social media. Uh, You don't like me that much anymore. That's not even what it is. Nah, I... I My see, shine wore off. I'm not... No, more. that's not even what it is. I gained I 30 feel pounds. Like <laughs> I am a different person now. I do social media because I have to, but I don't know. Is that something you wish I would do more? Like, um, every now no, and again... No, not like I don't consciously think like, every now oh, and again, wow, I I'll wish... I'll give you the shout. I wish Nick would love me on Facebook. That's not like a, a thought of right. mine. But like I'll see like Facebook memories and it'll remind me of, of certain things right. or times in our life or relationship or whatever that I'll think, um, oh, he doesn't do so, that very often So when anymore. I did that at the time though, like what did, how did that make you feel? Like what did you think? Did you think it was corny? No. Okay. Is I don't it know. Something... My love language is like words of affirmation. That so is true. Whether it's like publicly or privately as long as. I'm being loved in my love language. Like I don't, right, 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 it's right, not right. necessary that the world sees it. Okay. So do you feel like outside of the world of social media, do I speak your love language to you enough on a regular basis? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I give you a passing grade. I mean, I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> that was sounded like a ringing endorsement to me. No, I mean, I know that you love me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you love me in your love language. Because that's the fun love language. Well, that's not what I mean. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's not specific. Okay, so. But 
I mean, yes, you do. You you here's, know what I need when I need it. Right. And here's here's the challenge, just like we talked about earlier. Knowing when I'm at a point right now where I feel like when I'm one when I need to gas you up, I don't want to be doing just gassing you up with words. Like I want you to understand that I mean what I'm saying to you. Yes. Because it can't be fake. If I was just like, oh, Whitney, you're the best. No, and doing no, 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 no. Like cheerleading dances when you come home like that. I try to make sure that like we have real moments when I tell you like you are the engine that runs this family. No, like you are the pulse. Like you, everything goes with you. Like you make everything happen. And I mean that. Um, but if I, okay, if I'm being honest, it's, I obviously love you more now than I did then. Um, but I don't, I mean, I don't know why I don't do that. I do every now and again. It's just, I don't know. It's life. I guess to me, that shit like seems really corny. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not like age, because even maturity, if, like if, if the I could place it, we are in our relationship. Right. And I mean, I was, I was, I was still, I was old when I was doing it before, but I, I think the, the tone of social media also can gauge that. I don't know. Because I think it's assumed that most things you see on social media now are fake. And so I wouldn't want to do that and have it be assumed by anyone that that's fake. Because people will probably look at that stuff and be like, oh my God, what did he do? He probably did something. Oh yeah, I don't really care about all that. that but is, you have like a whole bunch of people on your Facebook that you don't know. Like That is true. That's another reason I don't talk about our family a whole lot on social media anymore because ever since we started the podcast i've added a lot of strangers and yeah. like i'm real careful about posting pics of the kids and um so somebody see somebody that somebody almost got their ass kicked on when i posted a picture of you not that long ago and yeah it was a miscommunication mr clover james but yeah like i wasn't having that shit so i try to keep our personal like our personal life out of it. I try to be raw in myself and and who I am, but I try to keep the family part out of it. Because okay. I'm not saying like I'm famous or a big deal or anything, but there's a lot of strange people. So it's true. Anyway. So we've been together. I'm just bad at math. 2015, 2020, it's five years, almost six. Okay. Um, and we've been through a lot of stuff in six years mm -hmm. when you sit back and reflect on things like what do you feel like some of our biggest challenges in the course of our relationship have been um so challenges is going to be like outside influences or inside um no i'm i mean that is one of the biggest challenges is oh, outside influences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially um, early on yeah early on oh yeah definitely early on um even even not so long ago. I mean, I feel like things have been smooth with our exes and co-parenting type situation for mm -hmm. not even that not even that long. I mean, with Maddie's mom longer than with Logan Hannah's dad, probably. Yeah. But we're damn near. You ever see that movie Stepmom? Like we're almost on that shit now. We are. I'm pretty proud of us. Chelsea yeah. and I talk about that a lot, actually. Like, yeah. To come and from where we honestly, came from, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. And that's that's honestly something that. That's, we could probably get into that a little bit later. That's something I have to battle. But, yeah, outside influences, especially early on. I want to ask you, because I've touched on this on the show a little bit. Like, obviously, there was some controversy about us being together. Mm -hmm. Because you used to work with my daughter's mother, who mm -hmm. at one point was my wife. We got divorced. We tried getting back together. And that's around the time that she met you, because y'all worked together. So, obviously, there's a lot of controversy when... Your guys' friendship stops working out. Obviously, our relationship stops working out. And now you just know me as Maddie's dad and Chelsea's ex. So I'm, I've never had this conversation with you. Like, what was the conversation like when you went back and told your family, like, hey, I'm talking to Nick Stevenson. Who's that? You know, Maddie's dad. What? Because I know there had to be some shit talking. It wasn't Maddie's dad. It was Chelsea's Nick. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah. was the question. <laughs> Which is weird because I never met them. 
Like, how did they know me as? I don't know. Probably because of Chelsea. I mean, she was around. So she was talking shit. That's what you're telling me. Oh, maybe. I mean, she was around the she was around the family a lot, and like, I mean, I just think that they just knew who you were. Mm, okay. If I was them, I would think Maddie's dad, but you know, that's the reputation I like to have. But anyway, I mean, there had to be some questions. Like, let me think. That's a long time ago. You you don't have to protect them. Like, we're all good. Them now. who? Oh, my family. Your family. No. I mean, I was pretty much a train wreck right around that time anyway. So mm-hmm. I think um, that they all just thought it was like a fling and going to pass like everything else at that point of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember sitting down at lunch one day with my dad. He came up to the office and there was like this little taco shop right next door to the office in the same like strip center. Right. And um, we went over there and had lunch together. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he said, how did he say it? I hope you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, he's around your kids. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, it just seems like basically he was telling me it seems so much like what him and my mom went through with my step parents. Right. And um, he was like basically telling me like history repeated itself and think about how hard that was on you, uh, on me, how hard it was on right. me. Now, most people listening don't know what you're talking about, but. Oh, well, I can I can Synopsis. Ex- I can explain really quickly. Yeah. So, um, my mom and my dad were married to each other, mm-hmm. and um, they had um, a friend couple, um, and then my mom and my dad divorced, and their friend couple also divorced, and they remarried the opposite person's ex. It's really it sounds really complicated, but basically, my stepmom and my stepdad used to be married to each other. My mm-hmm. mom and my dad used to be married to each other, right, and they they switched right gotcha um that's nothing like what happened to us but <laughs> I, yeah i can see the comparison yeah that they were like that they i were guess making. that's the closest comparison right that they could make to anything right understandable it was basically telling me not to screw my kids up like they screwed right. me up right, 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 right. <laughs> gotcha gotcha so but that was the extent of it yeah, nobody I remember like, the day of Hannah's... Nobody was like, don't do it. No, she's not ready. N- well, Same nobody thing. knew that you were going to be hanging around. Like, they uh, just... So they thought you were just hitting it and quitting it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Because whenever... you had that kind of reputation? Is that what it was? Uh, so whenever you were at... <laughs> You're just going to breeze right <laughs> by that right one. Right by that one. Whenever you came to... You were at Hannah's birthday party, her third birthday party. Yes, I do remember this. Um, And you brought Maddie up there. And at the time, it was like... So that would have been in March. It was literally like a week after I don't even know that we were like technically official by then or whatever, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I think we were going to Haley's after Hannah's birthday party. I remember asking if I could bring you mm-hmm. and we were outside of that little place where Hannah's party was. I, I don't remember what her response was. Maybe she'll remember. I'm sure there was lots of whispering while I wasn't around. Right. But I don't think nobody really ever nobody said, said anything, anything to, to me. Face. Okay. I mean, I had to explain why Chelsea and I weren't friends anymore and that, you know, you weren't the evil person that she created you to be. And if we could be a fly on the wall, find out what they were I'm, saying. I'm telling you. But no, I, I understood that. I think you and I had the conversation, like when we decided we were going to be a thing. Okay. This is not a normal, typical situation. There's probably some shit sandwiches we're going to have to eat. Like we're going to have to, we're going to have to deal with yeah. the skepticism and people not liking it or whatever. And we did. At least on my end, when it comes to your family, like they always showed me love from the beginning. Like nobody ever gave me a negative vibe. Nobody ever. Well, you proved yourself. Side eyed me. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're authentic. I mean, yeah, but it's hard to trust somebody, especially a guy who walks in and he's talkative and he looks you in the eye. Like sometimes I come across as a salesman. Like I'm trying to oversell myself, but I was just being me, but they didn't know that. That's probably one of my biggest regrets. Like when your father passed, I'm pretty sure at that point he was still under the impression like this was just a phase. Yeah, he didn't know you were you were yeah, hanging yeah. around. I never really even had a conversation with him. I think one time me and him got stuck on the porch. You and I had gone over there. And actually I think um his wife at the time was there too. But you went to get something out of the car and like that was the first time I'd been even like sitting with just him. And we talked for like fifteen seconds about Oh, you were a go-getter and you got shit done. That was the end of it. Like, I never really had a a conversation with him. I don't know. I like to feel like I've told the story of when he passed and I was sitting in the hospital room um, by myself with him. I don't know. I like to feel like 
at least in my mind and in my heart, like on some spiritual level, like he understands now yeah, what we became and uh, maybe not gave me his approval then while he was here, but hopefully have his approval now. Man, that, that was a really weird time. It was a really weird time because the controversy we were going through, and I'll try to keep it about me and you and not drag everyone else into it, but we were getting some backlash from the exes. I was attempting to get custody of Maddie and going through some personal things, also some personal things between myself and my family, you being freshly divorced pretty much and having to adjust to the single mom life and kids. Like the fact that we tried to start a relationship, like if we look back at it now, like that was the worst time to Seriously. possibly even try doing this. It was such the worst, it was the worst time to try to cultivate a relationship. I think what helped, I remember very, very, very early on. First of all, when you and I first got together, even we didn't think it was gonna be a thing. Like it was supposed to just be a fling, right? And I think I decided very quickly that I don't think that's what I wanted us to be. And when we finally had that talk, all right, if we're going to do this, like this is the last time, like not doing this again. This has to work, especially because the kids were involved, because of everything that was at stake. And I think that conversation of us saying, hey, we need to just need to be honest with each other and keep it that way. Um, I think that was really key. Yeah, me too. Like to just get it all out there, put it on the table, find out what the deal breakers are, if there are any, and keep it that way. And just being completely transparent with each other from jump, like yeah. even as uncomfortable and icky as it made me feel at times, mm -hmm. it was, that was the only part of my life that, that was like that. Yeah, Everything else was a show at that time. Yeah. And, and when you're dating in a normal everyday dating scenario and single people can probably relate to this like when most of the time when you're dating you're being fake it's like going on a job interview you're telling this person everything that's good about you you're putting makeup on your flaws and yeah. you know when you have conversations about what went wrong and your past relationships it's always about something the other person did when we had those conversations we talked about us yeah. like what we did wrong and what we could have done better like it was never I mean, obviously, we had conversations about our exes because that's normal, but that wasn't the only part of the conversation we had. We had some of the uh, more difficult conversations and honesty. So, and you rode with me through some uh, through some difficult stuff. So, once we decided we were going to be a thing, I don't, I don't know if you remember. Um, I think the average person would probably say we moved quickly. <laughs> yeah i think so like once we were a thing we were a thing you know and how um sarah and travis are yeah that's how they like it reminds me of us you know honestly i don't know a whole lot about sarah and travis's backstory but i, I don't know their backstory but like as quickly as they were just like clicking and yeah, yeah, yeah. falling in love and mushy gushy all over each other and getting married and it's like, very yes it's very reminiscent i yeah. i agree with you 100 and I feel like Sarah was putting out the right vibe to find the right kind of guy, mm -hmm. which I know you say you were a train wreck at the time, but I didn't see you as that. Now, when we started having some deep conversations and honest conversations, like I realized that you were human, just like anybody else. But I didn't see you as a train wreck. I, I've told the story about when I came to pick up Maddie's Valentine's Day bag from your house. I don't know if you, you remember that mm -hmm. night. I saw you that night in a way I'd never seen you before, like almost in this somber mood normally you would have on the i'm a person who's put together you know doing mom stuff something that told me like hey i should just ask her how she's doing like do you remember what you were feeling at that time yeah i was like not in a good space mm -hmm. um i remember like i was probably like sweatpants and a tank top and right you know a couple of glasses of wine in on the couch with a blanket watching DVR by myself. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it was Valentine's Day or like a couple of days before or something like that. I think it was actually Valentine's Day, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, I was just not not in a good place. Um, mine and my... Do you remember why? Mine and my um, ex-husband's anniversary was a few days before Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was on my mind. And... Um, I was just thinking of 
the life that I didn't live anymore. And um, some sometimes at, at that time in my life, I missed what was comfortable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the contentment that I felt at that time because I felt so discontent at that time. Yeah, there's a lot of societal pressure to when you're the age that you were, like you're not supposed to be single living in your own apartment by yourself. You know, you're supposed to live in a house and have a career. Right. That's the societal pressure that we all put on on ourselves and on each other. So I felt like maybe that was part of what was getting to you also. And then anybody who's been through a divorce, you know, like, even if you know that's what's best for you, it's still a very somber thing because you realize, number one, I invested so much time, so much of my life into this and you feel like you failed. Like mm-hmm. you said, you obviously got married believing you were going to be with that person forever. And so when it doesn't happen, then you feel like, man, I'm a failure. And on top of, like I said, all the pressure that's put upon us as adults to like live this timeline that if you're this age, you're supposed to be doing this. Right. That can be difficult for sure. But I knew something was up and that was the first time that I kind of got the idea that like, you say you were in a bad space. Like I felt like we were kind of in the same space because I was out doing stuff that first of all, I told myself I was never going to do again. When Madeline's mom and I got back together, I was like, I'm done with the running around. And like, I got, I have a daughter. I need to set an example for her of how she should expect men to treat her. And once me and her mom didn't work out, now I was back doing the same shit I was doing when I was 25. And, I didn't like it. So I kind of got the idea then we were in the same space. What's weird is that at that time, we had been kind of friendly with one another via telephone, text message. But I've told this story before. Like, we kind of felt like, oh, we there were these unwritten rules. Like, we can't be friends with each other because of this and that. And then, like, at some point, we just had to smash that with a sledgehammer. Because had we followed those unwritten rules, we wouldn't have what we have right now. Which is... I'd be missing out on the best things that ever happened to me. This is true. So was there ever a point? Because it got hard. And I want your honest truth. Was there ever a point where you thought to yourself, like, man, this is really hard. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. Yeah, I thought this is getting hard. And I, I didn't ever think of I never think of quitting. Yeah. Okay. Me either. I was gonna say, did you? No, 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 no. no. I was worried that because a lot of the stuff we were dealing with at that time had to do with me. And problems between my ex and and me. And then we went through the whole custody battle thing. Like, that was, that was very difficult. The only thing that ever made me, like, question, like, is this going to, is this going to work? Is when you thought you might not have passed that drug test because you took Logan's medicine. Oh. <laughs> because you were, I don't know, you said you were tired one day. I think everybody's done it. You've found somebody's pill that you felt like would wake you up, you take it. Like, that was the only thing that I was like, I don't know if how we survived that. Oh, I don't know how we did either. (laughs) I'm saying if it had gone another way, I couldn't see a pathway to us surviving that at the time. I was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I can't even take myself back to that headspace. (laughs) It It was a very... And I, it was a very conflicted moment because, I mean, you had been with me through all of that. Yeah. Everything right there by my side. And, like, we were on the verge of making our goal of putting this family together the way we always wanted to. And I remember they say, all right, you guys need to take a drug test. And I'm like, Psh, cool, we got this. Me and Whitney been living, the, we've been walking the straight line, the straight and narrow. Like, uh-uh. we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Like I said, that's why, man, I'm so careful about stuff like that now. Because I used to do that all the time. If I had an all-nighter, sometimes Stephanie would, like, hey, I got, like, she took Adderall. Mm-hmm. Like, here, take this. It'll, that way you can stay up for work today. Like, there's a buddy of mine at work. He did that because um, he was working so many hours. Like, he was just, ugh, he was dragging in the mud. And he took one pill and the next day got drug tested. Oh. Or, like, two days later got drug tested. Fortunately, you know, they fired him, but they brought him back. That's a little stuff like when you don't have anything important going on in your life or anything where 
somebody's making a decision for you that could affect the rest of your life, you don't think about doing little stuff like that. But when we walked out of the courtroom and you're like, I don't think I'm going to pass a drug test. And I was like, what? Yeah, I thought I was going to die. Thought, oh, oh, man. I don't, I've never seen you more angry. Disappointed. Yeah. Like every negative emotion that you can possibly think of. I wasn't like, I'm not trying to be overdramatic. I didn't think I was going to die. I didn't think you were going to hurt me. But like I thought that my life was about to fall apart again. It was a very, I, it's hard for me to explain what I was feeling. I felt like we had made so much progress towards getting Maddie to come home with us. And I didn't want something thoughtless and careless, like not really thinking, you know, it's not like you were out trying to get high, like you weren't doing cocaine or something like that. Like you were dragging ass one day, you took a pill that you thought might wake you up. And to think that everything that we had accomplished up to that point might all be for not because of one little thing, even though I knew I loved you and like, you'd been there through everything with me. I was like, I guess what you took wasn't that big of a deal because they didn't even drug test you for it. Like, but just the thought of the possibility. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't even remember what it was you took, but it wasn't something that's, it's not like an amphetamine or anything, obviously. So, like, it didn't even pop up on a drug test, but I just thought everything we'd worked for, everything we were getting so close to having, like, if it was just all gone and back to square one, as much as I love you, as much as you've been there, like, how do we survive that? Yeah. How... How? And I was nervous, but somebody was looking out for us, I guess. Everything everything turned out to be fine. Yeah, that was that was that was a big challenge. That was the only time that I was like, man, like I I was nervous about I, I'm not saying I knew for sure like if this goes bad, I'm leaving because I like I couldn't see myself doing that. Right. But I was like, what would I be doing to myself? What would it say about me if I stayed? Like, yeah, that was that was a big challenge. And then okay, so you made me live in an apartment mm. when we moved to Deer Park for like, I don't know, how long was this? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a waste of $750 for a year. I don't even remember. I don't even think I was in there for a year. I was probably there six months. So I moved to Deer Park in July. Right. And I moved in with you in January, I think, or December. It was before Christmas. Yeah, we had Christmas in that house together. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. Before you moved to Deer Park, I was in a transitional period in my life. I was renting a room from a good friend of mine, um, Stephanie, shout out. And then you wanted to move back to Deer Park. What what, what was it that made you want to move back to Deer Park, first of all? Um, I didn't have anything left where I was, and my family was all over here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wasn't crazy about moving to Pearland when I moved there, but, um, I moved with my ex-husband and that was closer to his work at the time and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, then whenever we divorced, I had a very small, um, area to stay in, to be able to keep Logan in the same school that he was in. Right. Um, and so I, I did that and he was in second grade. Yeah, he was in, he, it was his second grade school year. And, um, once that school year was was over and it was almost to the end of my lease at the apartment, I was like, if I'm going to make a jump, it's the perfect time to do it because um, if I'm going to switch in schools, it won't be in the middle of the school year. We can move right. over the summer. We can get settled in. And I wanted to be closer to my family. Right. I was kind of a nomad at the time. And what's funny is like once we became a thing, I was pretty much at your place 24-7. I might have gone home like four times in the first <laughs> like two months we were together. Yeah. And um. So I remember when you said, I'm moving to Deer Park. I want you to move to Deer Park, too. My assumption is, I guess we're moving to Deer Park together. And then you're like, so you should start looking for an apartment. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like... You're not moving in with me. I'm like, okay, I've literally been in your house for like two months. But okay. Like, what was your thought process? Like, why? (laughs) Because this was all you. Why did you like I, me? I already knew where I was with you and where I wanted to go, and I understood that it was fast, and I understood that it was on the outside looking in, it would look crazy. But like I already knew I was in that space. So what was going on in your head where you're like, "Nah, I want you to move to Deer Park, but you're not living with me," even though I got the apartment and literally was at your house. Pretty much, I. I how many times did I stay in that apartment? I don't know. We stay there sometimes. And- <laughs> Yeah, that was like that was like our getaway spot. 
Okay, so <laughs> it wasn't that, that was, I had any... That was any, the freak motel with, I, right? in my apartment. It wasn't that I had any doubt in us that I wanted you to get an apartment. It was that I wanted to see that you could do it by yourself. Right. I wanted to see that, like, there was a time period that you were really down and not having faith in yourself and not feeling motivated. And mm-hmm. um, I wanted to be able to give you a push and see if you could do it on your own. Yeah. Make sure I wasn't mooching off you. No. <laughs> That's not it. Kind of. No, it's not. Like, like you, I just guess. You are, you, are, you are a man and you have a job and you have a kid and you have a responsibility. Like right. you have to do, you for you need to be able to see that you can do life by yourself. Right. Whether I'm there or not. Right. And I agree with that 100%. I remember you were like not a happy camper the day that you and Maddie went together and like I think found that apartment or went apartment hunting or whatever. And you were not, I don't know, you were mad at me or you were just not happy that day in, in general, whatever the case I was. I wasn't mad at you. Um, but you did it. I did. I, and and it you, wasn't easy. Like you had, I don't, you had and to I don't think at the, I don't think at the time those are the reasons you gave, like I don't think you gave me a reason for why you wanted, maybe, maybe you did. I might have a terrible memory now, but. I just remember in that space being like, because it was just confusing for me because I got that apartment, but then you never wanted me to go home. <laughs> like, But you did it. <laughs> you never wanted me to go home. And like, when I did go home, you weren't happy about it, but I couldn't live with you. <laughs> like, it, and then literally, what was it? I think it was like three to six months into it. You're like, yeah, why don't you just move in here? Because I was going home, and you didn't want me to go home. And I was, you know, we were we were a couple. Like, we were already, we were helping each other financially. And we were helping each other financially pay for two different rents. And yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. Right. And to basically You'd be like, like hey, go, go have sex with each other. $400 worth of groceries, and I'll throw you 400 bucks for your rent in the few days. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't making a lot of sense. Um. We could have got a Motel 6 a whole lot cheaper. So Oh, those plastic sheets. But the bed there was so comfortable. <laughs> yes, yeah, that that was our bed for for a long time. So I finally move in with you. Now I want to talk about how long had we been together? I mean, once we decided we were a thing, did you pretty much know like eventually you wanted to get married? Um, I knew eventually I wanted to get married when we moved in together. Okay. I knew that you I knew that you were it for me from like from very early on. Right. But as far as like marriage, I didn't not know that. that you would get married again. Yeah. For I mean, for a while. OK, because I remember I remember when marriage started coming up. I also after my previous relationship was like, yeah, I'm never getting married again. And I think a lot of people say that when they have bad experiences. But then once you and I became a thing and I probably I'd say before we moved in together, like I knew that. If everything went the way I was hoping it was going to go, that's where we would end up. We, and when I say we, I mean you, like, started talking about it. Okay. (laughs) Started talking about it and, like, dropping hints. Did you get the sense that I didn't want to get married? No. (laughs) You just had this whole... Why, was I oblivious? No, you just had, like, this whole attitude, like, what are we waiting for? Let's get this thing done. And for me, and I I don't know if I ever spoke these words out loud to you. I know... I know... And sometimes in my frustration, I would talk to Chris about it. I felt a lot of pressure to get married the first time I got married for a lot of reasons. To be honest with you, my ex-wife started pressuring me about marriage. Like, what are we doing? Why? What, what are we waiting for? If we're not going to get married, we don't need to be dating type thing. And so I felt like, man, if I don't marry her, I might lose her. So we got married. And obviously that didn't work out. I told myself the next time I get married, I'm going to do it on my terms. I'm going to ask when I'm ready to ask. What's funny about that is I was probably getting really close to asking you. And like every time you'd bring it up, just because I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to ask. Oh, that's so rude. <laughs> like, I was like, and I don't, I think I we had the conversation one time. I was like, just stop bringing it up. No, like, we had the conversation a lot of times. Like, stop bringing it up. Like, it was important. I'm. Going, <laughs> I'm but 
if you if you bring it up and you're like that is so petty no 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 if you bring it up and you're like hey when are we gonna get married and then i'm like okay will you marry me how does that even feel good to you that's not a thing like that's not how i thought i knew that you wanted to marry me and i knew that you were only being a pain in the ass about it to be a pain in the ass i wasn't being a pain in the ass it was very important to me to do it on my own terms so that i would not feel like i did it because someone else i wanted to do it because I was ready because I wanted to do it. And I didn't want that stigma on there, whether it was just a mental thing or not. I didn't want to go into that decision feeling like I'm not the one who made it. Like it was made for me. And so that's why it was weird how it happened. I was just at work one day. I was, I was, I was at work and I was like, I think I'm asking you to marry me tomorrow. And so I text Chris. I'm like, Hey man, uh, you want to go ring shopping tomorrow? And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. And it was funny as I had, I was trying to make all these like grand plans of how I was going to do it. I remembered a conversation we had about not playing games. Like, you know how when you're first dating, you're like, oh, should I text this person? Like you're thinking oh, yeah. about them and like, you don't want to. I brought that up last week. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, should I text them? Maybe I'm bothering them. And then. We told ourselves, we had the conversation when we started dating, like, fuck that. I'm not doing that anymore. Like, if I'm thinking about you, I'm going to tell you I'm thinking about you. I'm going to text you. I'm going to ask how you're doing. Like, and I don't care. I'm not going to worry about seeming, coming across clingy or anything like that. So when I was trying to think of all these complicated ways and that I could ask you to marry me, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to ask her. I didn't know that you went through that whole, like, thought process. Like, that that's why you changed your plan. That what's why? Like the whole like we're not gonna play games thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. you, I you just, changed your plan. Why'd you think I changed my plan? I don't know. I just thought you were feeling it one morning. How did you know I even had a plan? Well, I didn't until afterward because then Maddie was like, "That's not when you were supposed to do it." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I'm get, I'm starting to have a terrible memory. I don't even remember what my original plan was to be honest with you, but I just. Because I had, I had, okay, so we bought the ring and I brought it home. And so now I'm trying to hide it. And that was another thing. That's very stressful to try to hide a ring, especially with you in the house, because like you go through everything. That makes me sound like a psychopath. It I don't go you, through everything. It's I, because you clean meticulously. Think, th- and that's a much better way of putting it. <laughs> not like I go through everything. You go through everything. Like it there, was very stressful hiding it because I'm like, she's going to go clean out my closet. And oh find my it. god, that closet! Do you remember that closet? You would open the closet, and like all the stuff would fall out of it. On Alice, yeah, at the end of the hallway. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm trying to hide this ring, which is very stressful. And um, I had the ring at work with me because I didn't want you to find it while I was not at work. Like I was so nervous about that, and so. I was like, I'm just going to go home, lay down in bed because I was working nights. I remember I came home, laid in the bed with you. I was like, I'm just going to put it on her finger and ask her to marry me. That's how I did it. Pretty awesome day. It was a pretty awesome day. Pretty awesome day. I remember you went and told Logan. He started bawling. He cried. Yeah. 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 You got to watch the movie Baps. Okay. Because I'm going to give a reference that you're not going to understand. But one of the girls on Baps, she has a boyfriend. Like, he always cries and gets emotional. And I was like, that's that's how Logan was. It's like when <laughs> it's like when Hannah got, <laughs> got bit by, by the spider. spider. <laughs> when Hannah got bit by the spider and he was up on the doorpost doing the <laughs> She's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Did we ever figure out if that was a paper spider or an actual spider? No, she got bit. I okay. remember. Because <laughs> this just really quick. I'm in the kitchen doing something. And I hear Hannah, and she's like, hey, guys, there's a spider out here. And I was like, leave him alone. She's like, I'm going to touch him. (laughs) And I was like, Hannah, that's not a good idea. And she's like, why? I was like, it's just not. And all of a sudden, she's "Ah!" And Logan's freaking out. I call poison control. And they're like, can you even see it? It's like, there's like a little red dot. They're like, she's fine. So, I don't know. It, I, I never saw the spider, but she said it was a spider. So, anyway, that's 
Let's talk about that really quick. How long we've been doing this for about 15 minutes. Okay. The aspect of us having children. Like I said, the circumstances that we decided to try to cultivate a relationship under were pretty insane. But the other challenge was the kids. Uh, yeah, that was this. Logan and Hannah weren't that hard. Let's face it. It was Maddie. Then. They weren't that hard then. I mean, they weren't that hard to like getting used to me, me being around. Like, no, I don't feel like that. There I was no problems there. Okay. So there's like, in my opinion, two separate parts of our kids being challenges. Mm-hmm. So it's like whenever we first got together, our mm-hmm. kids being challenged. Well, Maddie. And then there's the part. Drama queen. Right. Of <laughs> the challenging part of parenting. I think just parenting in general. Not, I don't want to say parenting someone else's kids because I don't think of it like that. I don't think. I, it's very diff- For me. I, I think it's like it's my as, need to be in control of everything. Yes. And that makes it difficult to parent with anybody. Like, Right. No, I agree. The, it was difficult for me. Um, when it came to disciplining Logan, because number one, before I ever met you, before I ever had a child, I used to tell people all the time, like, I'm going to have girls. I can't have boys because I was afraid if I have a boy, I'm just going to be super hard on him and he's going to hate me. <laughs> you know, um, I had a pretty contentious relationship with my father at times, and maybe that's why I felt that way. But. I always knew, like, I'm going to have girls. I'm going to spoil them. Like, and I knew when, okay, so Maddie had a cousin that was a a boy that was born, like, a month before her. So he was, like, my practice. And I could tell immediately when the two of, I'd be watching the both of them, if Maddie was holding on to the side of the wall or something, like, if Maddie fell, I'm like, oh, baby, are you okay? If Hayden fell, he'd be crying, and I'd be looking at him like, "Man, get up!" <laughs> like, and I already knew I was like, "Oh, so yeah, it is messed up." And I'm like, "Man," I'd be like, "You know, rub some dirt on it. Come on!" And I knew, so I was very nervous about having a son ever. And so when you and I became a thing, and it became apparent that I was going to be an influence in Logan's life, uh, I was nervous. Especially because, like, he had had some behavioral issues before I came around. And, like, I knew how I would raise my son and how I would discipline him. But it's it's very strange because, yes, I am a father figure in his life at that time. But I was not his father. And so I struggled a lot with how to handle certain situations with him. With Hannah, it was like having a little Maddie all over again. So she was so little. Yeah. And she wasn't like she's so good. She's still good. Like, let's face it, she's the one that listens the most, even still to this day. Like, yeah. She's just she's a sweetheart. And when I do get on her case, like I had to get on her today and I felt really bad about it. I'll probably end up buying her something and apologizing. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I was in here prepping for the show. And she comes up screaming, ah! and then she's tapping my shoulder. I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, the dog peed on the carpet. And I'm like, why are you telling me? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is, what's, what's, what's your man got to do with me? I don't, I, I don't know why you're telling me this. And she's just free. <gasps> and I'm just so yelling at me. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, clean up the pee. <laughs> And she's, you know how Anna is. Oh, did she she's cry? Like, oh, yes. Oh, Nick. Oh, my gosh. She was so emotional. Because <laughs> oh. you yelled at her. She doesn't like it when you yell at her. She's, I wasn't she's yelling triggered by people her. raising their voices. Uh, yes, that's true. I wasn't yelling at her, though. Like, And I was like, why'd you let the dog out? I never told you to let the dog out. And if you can't let the dog out, you got to watch the dog. And blah, blah. And she's just, I'm sorry. I just, I just, I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> Poor baby. I'm going to have to go snuggle her. But anyway, so she was easy. Logan was a challenge. And um, your, your ex-husband became very ever-present mm. in many ways that did not have anything to do with the children. 
So I was always trying not to reopen that can of worms either. So it was a challenge. But I think as with all things, like time time went by. Um, the people who were no longer a part of our lives moved on. And we all came to the decision like, okay, we may have our differences, but there's these children involved and we all love them. Like, let's do what's best for them. And I'm proud of us. I think we've done a good job of that. Um, so the wedding was not as contentious of a point as the actual proposal. Although I do remember one of the reasons we planned our wedding, like with a week or two to spare is because like you were getting a little impatient about that too. Like we just wanted to get it done. Okay. Like we knew, like we were living together. We moved into a new house that we were renting, but like Maddie came to live with us. Like we had done, we were checking off all these things, you know, it's like, Hey, let's get married. I don't know. I, I knew, I knew I wanted to have a wedding. I think we both agreed. Like we're not going to have a big thing, but if you remember, like we decided we didn't have a wedding date until like two weeks before we got married. I remember. I planned a wedding in two weeks. Yes, I, I, yes, you did. So, and I, I don't, I don't think that that convers, like I said, that conversation was not as, not that our proposal part was contentious, but that was easy for us to agree on. Like, hey, let's get this done. Mm-hmm. And so we did that, and I'm never gonna forget our wedding. I, I wish there was video of it. Me too. Like I thought somebody was taking video. I did too. I thought so. There were like video clips from somebody's phone. Yeah. It was either your mother's. I think it was Josh's. No, Josh was a DJ. Oh. I know. Normally that would be him with the Snapchat clip. Mm-hmm. But yeah. No, somebody took some video clips because I do remember seeing them. But I thought somebody was videoing the whole thing. But we had a beautiful wedding. I think it only cost us like two grand somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Or that was the plan and it might have yeah, gone it over wasn't, budget. It wasn't, it wasn't anything budget crazy. A little bit more. The best thing about our wedding that I enjoyed was that the kids were involved. It like was just did, our people. Yeah, that too. And we did vows for the kids as well as each other. Um, I forgot my vows. And you told me a thousand times to write them down. And I was like, no. You don't ever be listening to me. That does not make it real if you write it down. And yeah, I forgot. I mean, I said what was I said the important stuff. And we got it done. So and then the next goal was buy a house. We did that. We did that too. Here we are. I don't know. There was a lot of challenges, a lot of good times. What's if you can? I know it's difficult. If you were telling somebody the Nick and Whitney story in five seconds, 10 seconds. How many more seconds? Huh? Can I have like two minutes? <laughs> 120 seconds. No. Some, okay. In 30 seconds or less, tell the Nick and Whitney story. Um, Two broken people came together and unbroke each other and made the Best life ever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's good. That's I don't know. Good. That, like, that's pretty. Yeah, yeah. To, for me, 30 seconds or less, because I, I try to stay I try to stay humble, but I do talk to people when they're having trouble with relationships. And I just tell them, like, the best thing you can possibly do for yourself and somebody else is just be honest. Like, mm-hmm. keep it real. Tell your flaws. I, I try to do that in all aspects of my life. I know sometimes when I get on this microphone and tell the world stuff that you might not want me to tell them, I just try to, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, like I try to be honest with you and be honest with everybody in my life, like to know, hey, here's the things that are good about me, but here's some of the stuff that sucks. And well, I feel like you help to teach me that a lot because um, as a child, when I was growing up, it was like, the only thing that was accepted or praised was is perfection. Mm-hmm. And so that made me grow into this person who always expected perfection from myself, which led me into being a person who was fake a lot of the time because nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until you and I got together and started going through the hard parts of our relationship and growing as people and growing as a couple that I feel like I really learned how to be honest with other people and myself Yeah, um, and started implementing that and, more areas of my life than just our relationship. And in doing so, like became very spiritually connected and realizing that good things come when you do good across the board. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that was definitely I agree something that. that you taught me. The stuff that we went through together, the hard stuff, that molded us. And we stopped we stopped sweating the small stuff. Because, like, once we went through what we went through, because there were times when we were going through the hard stuff, like, we did not know how it was going to go. There was no... There was no light at the end of the tunnel that we could see. <laughs> yeah. And somehow we made it through it. Some way, somehow. And I I know for for me and I believe for you as well, that experience made it for when we go through tough times now, mm-hmm. we're just not sweating it. No. We're like, it's gonna work it's out. It's gonna it's gonna yeah, it's gonna something's be gonna happen. Everything that's happening is happening because it's supposed, it's supposed to be. To. And that even went to you know, we at one point we're talking about doing IVF and mm-hmm. having a child together. And we got in a situation where we kind of forced that a little bit. And then the universe told us it's not time right now. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to buy a house. We were trying to force that a little bit. The universe said it's not time right now. Right. And then eventually when the time was right, it came and we did it. So that's, I don't know. I, I, I love you and I love our life and I'm, I can't imagine if I would have went with that initial gut instinct of, oh, you can't date her. She used to work with your baby mama. Like, <laughs> and that's what I tell people all the time. Like, there's all these unwritten rules. And I'm not, <laughs> look, I'm not saying go out there and smash them all to pieces. And that's how you're going to find happiness. But Just don't sell real. yourself short. Like, trust your gut. Most people who make bad decisions, if they're honest with themselves, they're not trusting their gut. They're trusting something else. Like either they're making emotional decisions or they're making decisions based on what their body's telling them to do. Um, I trusted my gut. And it was a a leap of faith for us both because it could have gone bad. It could have gone bad. Could have. Could have gone really bad, but it didn't. And I'm, I'm very thankful. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your support of me. And this endeavor, um, I've talked a couple of times about how before I had something to do that kept me driven and that I was excited about, I was probably a little difficult to live with at that time. I can admit that. If I'm honest with you, what was going on at that time, and this is after you left environment where you had been working with my ex, but when you went to your next place and you were excited and I saw you making moves. I was afraid that I was standing still and you were moving and you were going to outgrow me and then you'd have no use for me anymore. I was really afraid of that. And so unfortunately the way that I dealt with that was by being a big ass hater, (laughs) (laughs) just being a big ass hater. I can't put it any other way. Like if you come home excited about something happening, I'll just be like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) And, I had to, and, you know, I've told this story before. It's the same thing with Chris. Like, Chris be excited about some stupid shit he was going to do, make a billion dollars. <laughs> and I'd be like, thinking, to, I'm like, yeah, man, that's cool. Thinking to myself, this is the dumbest shit I've heard in my life. <laughs> How the fuck are you going to sell soap for $8 a bar? Get the fuck out of here. I just, I don't know. I, I had to have a moment where I told myself, like, dude, you were just a cold-blooded hater, man. And... See, I think I was so lost in my, oh man, maybe I was so self-centered. I don't know. I, I didn't think you were being a hater. Like I was, I was oblivious to that because I was so. Yes, I was being a cold-blooded hater. That, like I, I mean, it's good that you're honest. I wouldn't have ever described yeah. it that way. If you thought about it, because there were times I was difficult to live with. I was grumpy for what probably seemed like no reason. If you would have discussions with me about things you were excited about, like I wouldn't be like, "Oh my god, with you." Like Yeah. I'd just be like, "That's cool." But maybe I mean, maybe you were content in your own, like maybe you didn't need me to be happy with you. But uh I just knew that what I was projecting was negative and it was all because of me. Like I was afraid of you outgrowing me. I knew that I wasn't doing shit and I needed something you had something that was outside of us. I didn't have anything that was outside of us. So I was like, I need to get something that's outside of us. And it took a while, but out came the podcast. And um, I don't know, it's going to be a year. I, I appreciate you and your support and 
backing me. I found it very interesting. We were talking the other night. I, you know, I've been dealing with some depression and some feeling down and haven't been myself. And I think anybody who pays close attention to how this show operates maybe could even notice that something was off. I found it very interesting what you said to me. Don't put the pressure on us. You can't think that if me and you are good, everything else will be good. And I was like, well, what's everything else? And you said to me, your lack of interest in your hobbies. And it didn't even hit me. I haven't even been in the studio in a week. Everything could have got stolen from up here. <laughs> I wouldn't even have known. Like I was like, I haven't even been up there in a week. And I was like, okay. Man, I didn't even realize like that it was that noticeable. I just wasn't feeling myself. And there's 2020's been hard. COVID, everything else has gone with it. Like it's been a draining time. One time I finished a recording though, and I went downstairs and you said, Man, you always seem really happy after you record. And it's true. I really do enjoy this. And you know, I know I said earlier I'm trying to hurry up and get to the finish line. Like, I don't want to mail it in. I want to put out good material and I want to put out quality material and I hope that people will listen to this and hear the transparency of you and I and know that like this isn't this is a show but we're not putting on a show like I try to present us the way that we are and I know that Chris does that as well yeah you guys do a good job um, with that I feel like I hope I hope that's as refreshing to other people as it would be for me if I turned on a podcast and it was two guys I didn't know and they were just telling their truth yeah. and just being themselves. So I hope it's equally as refreshing for everyone else. And that's the goal. Like that's that's what I want this thing to be. And you know, as we as we go into the next season and we put this team together, I'm gonna really take the time to reassess everything and find out how I can keep that fire going through the entire season, even past all the controversy of because tw- I'm sure 2021 is gonna bring its fair share. <laughs> as well but there's nobody in the world i'd rather do it with than you baby all right back at you and uh i'm happy that you joined me i'm happy that you're my wife you haven't left yet <laughs> don't say Knock yet on fake wood <laughs> and uh we did the damn thing we built the we built the family that we talked about our crazy ass was talking about three months and then knowing one another <laughs> <laughs> yeah we uh we did the we damn did. thing we so did. and i couldn't do it without you so I love you and I appreciate you very much. I love you too. You know what I've sucked at? Mm. Really honoring our sponsors the way that I want to. Okay. But that being said, I will take the time to thank you guys very much. Um, Stephen Terry of Stephen Terry Pest Elimination. Thank you. And I want to thank Sarah Cooligan of UrbanSoapBar.com. Thank you very much. Kevin Progfost of Money Management International and Co. Thank you very much, sir. And I would like to thank Banerjee Plastic Surgery. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Banerjee Plastic Surgery. Are you still doing the, uh, like they tell you, hey, I listen, it smells like Millie's. Yeah, I I hooked a listener up last Saturday. Did you? I did. Okay, cool. I can't say who because that would be breaking HIPAA laws, but yeah, Yeah. took care of her. Okay. She's very happy. So the spirit sniffers, go to BanerjeePlasticSurgery.com or if you want to shout out the phone number. 281-971-9711. Okay. If you tell them you listen to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast, you will get discounts on Botox injection. Mm -hmm. Is it Disport or Disport? Disport. Okay. What is Disport? Um, It's a... Neural, it's a it's a neuromodulator. It does the same thing as Botox does, just a different brand. Like okay, pe- like Pepsi and Coke. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what else? Um, all filler injectables. Filler injectables. And then a thousand dollars off any cosmetic surgery. Off any cosmetic surgery. But Do thank it. you guys for doing that because we love the Banerjee's. We we love all the people, all the crew uh, that work there as well. Am I forgetting anybody? Of course, Josh Beard. The oh, reason gosh. we're here. I forget Josh. I forgot Josh, Josh. Where is my Tumblr? I forgot where Josh. Where is my twice Tumblr? In two different episodes. You know, last episode, um, the opening was the following is brought yeah. to you by Josh Beard. Yeah, I made that because I totally forgot to shout him out at the end of the show. Oh wow! That's I played his up. ad though. It was nice and beautiful up here. It's beautiful. Josh Beard is the best realtor in the business. He He's is a the realtor best. for Keller Williams. He is the reason that we live in this dream home of ours and uh, he can help you find your dream home or sell your home 
And uh, I mean, he doesn't stop working for you once he gets his check. Trust me. He, he was working Maybe for he us. doesn't want people to know that he will show up and help you move or come to your Labor Day party or sit on the podcast and drink beer with you. Yeah, yeah. He, he, once, when he tells you that you become family, he means it. Like, he's not just talking it. He means it. So, Josh Beard, thank you so much uh, for your support of the show and for your sponsorship of the show. We love you very much. Uh, you're in the crew. And he might be one of our, uh, our new uh, producers mm. when we put the new team together. Okay. How do you feel like your... Uh, Second round on the show went. Well. Yeah. There was definitely less uh, contention than episode six. Yeah. What's the last thing we argued about? Mm. Just me being a grumpy ass. You are a grumpy ass. I don't know. We The last thing we argued about is I was being grumpy my day when I had been up for like 24 hours straight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, oh, yeah. You, yeah, I remember that day. Now. I think I raised, I would say I raised my voice. You and the children. I, I and if, if that's the worst thing that I did that week, then I apologize. Okay. <laughs> was it the was it not the worst thing I did that week? It was, but that was very like dismissive. How was it dismissive? Now it's about to get interesting. Uh, I'm not if dismissing. that was the worst thing I I'm did. I'm not dismissing then. it. I'm mm. not dismissing it. I I <laughs> I'm not dismissing it. I, I felt like, man, we'll have to talk about that off the microphone. <laughs> I'm not dismissing it. You should never raise your voice at anyone, ever. There's no excuses. Okay. Right? So you should never raise your voice out of anger to your wife and children. I would say that you should never raise your voice at anyone, ever. That's a little extra. Okay. Never raise your voice. What was the, what, the Out of part? anger. Out of anger or, t or sleepiness or grumpiness. Any of those. Um, at, directed at your wife and children, especially when your wife can probably kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and probably will. <laughs> All righty. Baby, thank you for doing this. You're I welcome. appreciate you taking the time to do it. Thanks for having Ladies me. and gentlemen, thank you all for listening. I believe Chris Clark will be back next week. In the meantime, for my special guest, my lovely wife, Whitney Stevenson, my name is Nick Stevenson, and I will see you all next time. Listening to the Smells Like Middle Aged Spirit Podcast with Nick and Chris. For more show content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs>